Hello, lads and dames. Welcome to the most recent episode of Off the Front. This is the first time where Zach and I co-hosted. We sat down with Danny Fisher, USAT's Athlete of the Year uh, for both the Open Category female and the Age Group category. We had a blast talking with her. We talked about my crappy treadmill. Uh, We touched on politics. Don't let that scare you because it wasn't real serious. Talked about her passion, her drive, what... uh, makes her so competitive, and a few other things in there. It's a lot of fun, so clip in, and uh, let's go off the front. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Zachary Roots, and probably the coolest guest um, that we may ever have on the show, a dear friend of mine, badass triathlete. Uh, A lot of people know her. She's near and dear to many people. Best dimples in Indiana, Danny Fisher. It's my only claim to fame. <laughs> it's the, dimp- the dimples. Forget <laughs> gets all me, the gets me a lot of places. Yeah, forget all the Iron Man victories and all that. It's all about the dimples. <laughs> Welcome. So uh, as usual, we wanted to talk about triathlon and and you drink. and drink. Yes, we also <laughs> are sitting here with a bottle of Four Roses. I am uh, still on my sober kick for 2020, but uh, Zach and Danny have a mug from Red Dog Coffee Roasters, one of our team sponsors and it's represent. filled with four loco maybe we can get them as a sponsor one day we'll just send Danny in there to smile story about that let's hear it so. Time. so four loco is literally the only drink that will get me both hype and drunk at the same time I'm sure that's true for a lot of people but I drank it at my sister's wedding I drank it I drank it on the lake there's currently a half empty can of four loco in my fridge with tin foil over the top and a rubber band to keep it fresh <laughs> i don't do a tin because foil. i am 19 years old at heart apparently <laughs> wait scratch that 21 <laughs> i do too my roommate finds energy drinks half drank in the fridge and he's probably like why is there a half drinking monster in the fridge right now <laughs> he should start spiking them with vodka he should <laughs> surprise zach not tell me anyway thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here absolutely i'm honored we talked about it for a while i'm glad it, it came and uh ex- especially this is our first podcast with me and zach as the host so yeah, thanks for finally showing up zach. Oh, man <laughs> wow shots, shots fired, fired already <laughs> no thanks for coming on and i'm glad we got it together and I don't know if I could speak for Josh here, but I don't think we could have done it without each other because Danny's one of our favorites. So. Yes, sir. Took a lot don't of Don't speak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your most recent and incredible accolade. I'm sure many people saw it on the social medias. You are USA Triathlon's Athlete of the Year. Not just Athlete of the Year female, but there's a second there are two athlete of the year awards. Yeah, USAT switched up their um, award categories. Uh, I think it was last year. They're doing an overall and an age group. So I doubled up on both of those, which is a double honor. I would have been honored to be just one, but they gave me both. So that so was... who did you smile at to get those? <laughs> yeah, who's dimples? I just who's... try to go as fast as I can. That's that's all I'm doing. <laughs> Who'd you flash the dimples at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's but. been it's it's been a it's been a long road. I mean, I I had a great season in 2014 and um it was you know, the type of season that probably would have got me th- those same honors, but there's just so many fast women out there. So to 
get it now and uh, you know it's 2020 but it was for 2019 uh, I can think of you know a handful of other women that were more deserving than myself but I just ended up racing a lot so well <laughs> I think more than just your racing plays into it um, you're a very personal person you're always smiling I don't think you've ever been to a finish line where you're not happy to I don't know be done or to be there and have a good time I know you struggled with uh, your pro circuit a few years ago um, I'm very happy you had the light reignited in you and um, do you want to talk about that briefly well that that's a great point um, there's you know the reason why I do this sport is to have fun you know I think a lot of people can relate to that if you're not having fun what's the point in doing it you yeah. know and um, not only was last year such a successful year just from a performance standpoint but it's probably the funnest I've ever had in a triathlon season just because of Triloco I mean there's there's nothing else that compares to being on this team and most of the races I went to were were team events and you know the races that I did do that weren't team events were probably not even close to as fun yeah. as the team ones so um yeah if I'm not out there smiling then it's not worth it and you know I I try to smile as much as I can during the races, but I am a very focused person as well. Mm -hmm. So if I don't smile at you while I'm, you know, running 6.30 per mile, <laughs> don't take it personally. Well, I'm just working really hard. But I will smile a lot at the finish line and afterwards. So yeah. You do have that big smile. That's one thing that I should probably work on because I'm like... You have a great smile, Zach. Frustrated. No, but I don't smile at the end of races because I just want to get over the finish line or I'm, <laughs> I was worried about that first five minutes on the run or my first I was like dang it if I could only lock down in this part of the race or if my swim was a little better my time would be better but I guess next time I'll think of Danny Fisher there's scientific studies I... that prove that smiling during exercise or during racing actually makes you faster really that's so, cool I think we all can take a lesson from that I can't cite my sources because I don't have them, but I know that I've read it somewhere. I'm going to have to look that up. Um, now I'm going to have to smile. I, to go back to your point about kind of coming back from um, when I was a professional, it was, it was a tough two years. I mean, everyone strives to do their best and be the best athlete they can be. And for me, starting out in triathlon, that's what I thought I, you know, was shooting for is okay, I want to do my best. And to me, that equated to being a professional and doing that for two years. I, you know, honestly, it taught me a lot. I don't regret it, but if it, they almost feel like two wasted years, just from a, a personal standpoint, I feel like I invested so much into the sport and being the best athlete I could be in nothing else that I totally negated the fun side of the sport. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really learned that there's more to this than just winning or what, just doing well. What were the requirements to hold your pro card? So there's a few different uh, criteria that you can meet to uh, earn your elite license. Um, I, I'm not quite sure uh, at this point, they've probably changed since 2015, but... Um, you only have to meet one. It's it's actually not that hard. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're on the elite end of the amateur spectrum, 
you probably can qualify. Um, I think one of one of them is top five at national Olympic distance uh, nationals, um, top ten at ITU Worlds. Uh, within a certain percentage of the winner's time at an Ironman event, um, uh, within a certain percentage of the pro winner's time okay. of an Ironman event. Uh -huh. Those are just to name a few. I think there were seven at the time. I don't know if they've changed since then, but Which all you have to do is meet one. Which one did you qualify on? I, I earned three of them, the three that I just mentioned, and which is the reason why I know them off the top of my head, but there's other ones as well. Okay. So, and then after that, uh, once you have your elite card, it's not hard to maintain. I think you just have to race um, a certain number of times. It might only be once and place like not last <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um usat will take your money <laughs> every year um they're not going to turn you down from paying your elite license yeah so. is it uh, much more than your it's not that expensive citizen license that's not it's not that expensive for from a usat standpoint iron man it's it is expensive um you pay um i think it's 800 some dollars wow. for an elite card and then you can race unlimited number of races. Or you can pay by the race as well. But okay. for most athletes, if you're a pro, it just pays off. It pays for itself once yeah. you just pay the, well, I guess the unlimited be, price. You have to do two, which is pretty exactly. stringent for, I guess, yeah, break even pretty yeah. much. I mean, there's pros that are racing every other week. Yeah, you know, yeah. They do it for a job. That's cool. I didn't know you were an actual pro. Yeah, I mean, it was it was my side hobby, <laughs> you know. A lot of a lot of those athletes. That was that was part of my struggle too. Is my career. I'm a full time pharmacist, and that is my true passion. There's no way in hell I'm giving that up. You know, sure. a lot of professional triathletes, you know, either work very very part time or they give up their careers to be professional triathletes, and that's not even something that ever would even cross my mind to do so try to fit in you know 30 hours of training all the recovery that that takes and a 40 hour per week job on top of it you're bound to break down at some point and that's exactly what happened to me <laughs> that's impressive <laughs> now do is it similar to other professional sports in that um that are kind of structured like triathlon where a lot of those guys actually own gyms or are trainers themselves is like that that right. allows them to train with people or you know and get some income as well right. whereas you did the op a little what i would say is personally i think it's a little harder to have a nine to five than 40 hours at a pharmacy where you actually have to go somewhere that's absolutely do you have a gym at the hospital maybe no, no. Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's not as convenient as right. some of these guys that are trainers as well just Get go an hour or two earlier yeah. than the people that are coming in to see them, or yeah. or some people do it. Some coaches are remote, and Allie Conquest these... has a guy in Tech, Arizona, that sends her the workouts, and he's remote and he's retired, which yeah. would be a cool little gig. <clears throat> but yeah, a lot of these guys, you know, they build their own schedule. They they coach other athletes. A lot of them have name recognition, and if they don't, all they have to say after their name is professional triathlete and amateurs are going to run to them and mm -hmm. you know triathlon triathletes you know have a lot of money and they're willing to pay hundreds of dollars a month 
to be coached by someone that's a professional triathlete, whether they have the credentials or not. So that's how a lot of these um, uh, professional triathletes, you know, make a living because it's really hard to make a living off of prize money. You know, a lot of them have very supportive spouses, you know, and other family members. So um, all the kudos to them. You know, I, I admire what they do and respect them. It's just oh, not, yeah, not yeah. the life for me. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> you guys are the life for me. <laughs> that's that's cool that you, in a similar aspect, I, lo- I like to learn the hard way with a lot of things in life in general. And it sounds like you, that's something that you did, is oh, you learned the hard, learned way. hard way. But like I said, you don't regret it because you've learned that taking the fun out of it. And that's what, we should change our name from Locos to Fun Triathletes because... <laughs> Boy, do we know that. We would lose so many so members. Many. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Everyone thinks Triloco is the best name. It is. And I didn't, you know, I, I don't follow outside of, but talking to Allie Conquest, uh, mm-hmm. she was with the team in Terre Haute and she was like, yeah, we hated you guys. Because really? we're at whatever, whatever event we would go to, we just mop up the competition. <laughs> we're, good. we're good. But I think what a lot of people, I don't know if it's jealousy or what a lot of people I think happens and I saw it at. Muncie, when I did the swim leg of a relay, we're chopping it up and having fun after yeah. or during the event. And I look over and a lot of the other clubs are two people in their tent on their phones, like yeah. not even talking to each other. And good luck interrupting one of us. Or the, you know, we have two, two, three tents set up and it's a social, it's fun. Yeah. And you look around to some of the other teams, not trying to knock any other teams, but you know, they're not as into it as we are it's a couple a high, others. we set a very high bar yeah. i think everything happens for a reason and you know moving to indianapolis in 2014 it took me a couple years to find you guys but i once i did it was like this is this is what this sport is about it clicked it's about racing hard getting up early racing hard or training hard and then having a lot of fun afterwards work hard play hard so were you a professional can we put that tagline underneath (laughs) our our logo on our shirts work hard play hard yes Yes. also followed by a drinking team with a triathlon problem that's my favorite that is my favorite maker's mark yeah speaking of maker's mark we all participated in well me not as much i did a uh, stepped in for Logan. Yeah, you were substitute for the team time trial at the loft presented by Makers Mark. That, so of course, Danny won. Danny's like team normal. swept the podium for all three races. I did not win myself. She I could was have part of the team. <laughs> I was thinking no, about no, that. No, no, I was like, no. could I win just doing it as a single man team? And I was like, no, I'm coming last. I would love to see you and Ariel go solo in that event next year and duke it out, battle it out. We should have a solo Is that right? Time Those trial. are probably the two strongest cyclists. Heather up there? She Her FTP is higher than mine. She would she would kick my ass. She kicked yeah. my ass today. Ariel's she, main focus. She's not running. So she's, a, right okay. she's pure cyclist at the, at the moment. Yeah. Asterix next to her name when she wins all the cycling events. Yeah. Hell she did, she didn't go that. swim before it. <laughs> so me and Bert Kepp were talking uh, during the time trial or before it started. We were on our bikes and he goes, the funny thing is we're ready to hop off and go for a run. Whereas all these other cyclists are done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was me today. I was like, I need this brick run. <laughs> Everyone's looking like crazy. Just yeah, hold so you on did, a little bit. <laughs> so you bike three hours, Josh. Yep. You did a brick, so you did, uh, did you do a spin uh, coffee trainer class? Yeah, this morning, an hour and a half ride every Saturday, Josh hosts, 
anybody is ever interested in the best compu trainer classes in Indianapolis, hit up the loft. Uh, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings. You will not be disappointed. It's a good time. Good music. Shameless too. plug. Good music. <laughs> and Zach rode for a charity event this morning. Tell us about that. That was cool. I don't know a lot about it, honestly. I just heard from Autumn. Can you do this charity event with me? It's to help lower the cost or give membership dues fees to basically pay for a membership for the Wheeler Mission and the Y joint partner up. And I think it's a two day membership that the people that are members of they have, their members. They have or, income based memberships and some um some of their members will qualify for they call them scholarships it's where they'll pay for lower income families memberships and so the money that you guys raised today goes towards that and towards other events um like christmas time they're doing what do they call it oh something with elves can't remember so, what oh, it's called breakfast with santa breakfast with santa so we're gonna we're gonna Wait, go out and force nothing, it out no elves at all <laughs> there no, are no, lots of you need, to sit, you need to take another drink young lady <laughs> They did say elves about 20 times when they were talking about it. Because there will be elves there volunteering. We're going to be elves volunteering. Um, again, you can't be an elf. You're like 6'4". I'll, yeah. I'll wear, I'll wear a raincoat so it looks like there's two elves on each other's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone stay tuned. We'll talk more about that. Uh, we're going to volunteer December 12th. It's for um, families that are living in shelters during Christmas time. And they're going to provide gifts to those who might not get them otherwise. Cool. Yeah, so I did that this morning and didn't know much about it, but Autumn's very charitable person and I've always said I need I wish I was more charitable with my money, time, volunteering, etc. And she gave me a shout out and said, Hey, you wanna do this on Saturday? I said, Let's do it. And you rode for an hour in a taco suit. In a taco suit. <laughs> and, Aaron, yeah. and Autumn was wearing a banana, a banana. suit. And she <laughs> didn't hilarious. and she didn't do the whole workout. Yeah, she <laughs> <couldn't> <laughs> right. But she she is she riding now and yeah, rode right before, I think. So I can't really talk she did too ride much the, shit about her. She rode the six AM class. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. She's been on a bike all morning. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, um, so that was cool, that was fun. Yeah. Alright, Danny, back to you. Let's uh how many Ironman have you won? I've only won one Ironman. I did, I've only raced three, actually. Fulls, Fulls. Right? Um, I raced professionally at Ironman Wisconsin in 2016. And then that was my last year as a pro. And then I raced Ironman Wisconsin in 2017 as, an, as my first year back as an amateur and won. And that's what Damn. qualified me for Kona. Then I raced in Kona in 2018, which was the time of my life. It was like I was like, gonna say, what the hell is that like? Time of my life. That's like a dream. Actually, like pretty ideal weather for Kona. It was there were no trade winds and it was oh, wow. a couple degrees cooler than normal. And I went under 10 hours and placed seventh in my age group. In the world. In the world, seventh which is in, your age in the world. Like it blew my mind. Yeah. I was, I was in awe of just the island and it was such a great time with my family there and oh that's cool that they went so much fun so much fun that's like the super bowl of of (laughs) triathlon i guess you would say like that's the event everybody talks about everyone listening to this podcast whether you are of the caliber to qualify for kona or not i strongly encourage you to get out to the the big island and and see Kona for all of its glory at some point in your life. And if 
if possible, witness the race because it's like nothing you'll ever see. There's so much history with the event and, you know, the, the city itself revolves around the Ironman World Championships. You won't be disappointed. I so. love that story. Was I love that story. How it started? How it started. Yeah. yeah. It was just a couple dudes just, so, yeah, just pushing the limits. Just, right. let's go ride across, the, what was it, across the island? Or well, swim around an island? So the, the story of Iron Man is, uh, it originated in Kona. Uh, there were three guys, and one was a swimmer, one was a cyclist, and one was a runner. That's right. And they were trying to figure out who was the best athlete of the three. They all thought that they themselves were the best Sounds the like best a athlete. Sounds so like a argument. they said, let's combine the three sports and have a competition. That's how Iron Man was born. So pretty neat. Who won? I'm willing um, to bet the runner won. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't so know. what were your three, three favorite <laughs> things about going to come? Oh, yeah. Um, well, for sure, the, my favorite thing was sharing it with my family. Yeah. 100%. It, with anything in life experiences are only what they are the people that you're sharing it with so that was that was by far the best part um the race itself you know has to be a a close second just with the experience and the the um the pageantry around the event and how well done it is and um you know just the competing having the opportunity to compete against the best athletes in the world you know, age groups, age groupers, and then the seeing all the pros there, um, such high stakes, and then just, you know, all the sponsors that are there, and this is everyone's big, big week, big weekend. It's amazing uh, that, like I said, the city really revolves around, the whole island revolves around that event. Um, so that's probably a close second, and then third was, um, you know, a I, we spent a good amount of time, I think it was a week after the race, uh, just experiencing the island. And it's nice to not have workouts to do and structured training. You, you train, I trained th- 13 months for this race, you know, to, yeah. so to uh, finally have it over with and have that experience and just kind of let loose and experience the island, go snorkeling Relax and go to the beaches and just hang out in the... This was when you were a professional. No, I was. I was still. I uh, was a. I was a pro in 2015 and and 2016. And then you did Kona in 18. So you do you think did that weigh on that at all? Do you think you would have been able to do that staying pro maybe, or do you think the like the pressure and the whatever got to you, whether it was whatever it was, you think that kind of you know got the monkey off your back and you were just relaxed and you got a flow out there? Yeah, I think. Qualifying for Kona as a pro is extremely difficult. Um, just, uh, you know, I, things are changing, but as a woman, there's less slots available for you as a female than there are as, as male. Now, is that because they don't allow enough spots or there are just a lot of female There's just more, there's more okay. male professional triathletes. I think they, in the past, I know it's changing and they're trying to equalize things, but in the past, there's been... You know, they've done it by ratio. Um, so huh. there's like, you know, back when I was a pro, it was there were 50 slots for men and 35 for women. Okay, so it's not a huge... And that was never, that was never my, 
you know, even in my realm of possibility as a pro with really? making Kona. Is it what what's now what's the bar for making it as a pro and making it as an amateur? Is it So the the for as a pro, they have a certain number of slots for every event. Usually it's one. So whoever wins the Iron Man event gets a Kona slot. Everyone else you earn a certain number of points and then there's a point-based system for the remaining slots. Oh, I see. So um, it was, uh, you know, I I only ever raced one Ironman as a pro, and I knew going into the into that event that this was my last professional race, and I was going to be an age grouper the following year. So I um, I learned a lot throughout my professional years, uh, just about my body and what I wanted to get out of the sport, and. I, it just wasn't the life for me. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole any further of, you know, not having a good crew around me or trying to, trying to compete with these women who had unlimited time to train and recover. You know, I could train with the best of them, but it's the recovery that, that really suffered because I was at my day job and they were napping that's that's that that's your mentality that's that danny mentality i could train with the best of them but all the other stuff was i just couldn't do it you could yeah because you're a beast out there i love it so needless to say you'll probably never go back to being a pro never It, it doesn't even cross my mind um you know like i said all the power to people that that's their goal i respect you that's it's very noble uh, it it's just not. takes a special person. It takes yeah. a lot of support around you to be able to lift you up and, you know, carry the burden at certain times. And for someone who who's, you know, single, living on their own, you know, own, owns a home, um, has a job, you know, right. it's so there's not tough. There's no money at that level, right? You're either sponsored by Red Bull. Yeah, sponsorships aren't aren't paying you stipends anymore right. they're giving you product product yeah it's okay basically that's that's the only thing out there that really exists nowadays unless you're like rennie carfrey or danielle right. reef if you're on lava magazine then you're yeah getting the money yeah. otherwise you're just getting product and you know no one's paying for your travel no one's paying for your I accommodations did, i actually was running on my crappy little treadmill in the garage watching <laughs> A triathlon Terran's version of Cribs with pro triathletes. You guys, you have to see this treadmill that Josh has in his garage. It literally looks like it could hold a, <laughs> the a 50 one. pound toddler and Can that's its like max. Cra- Otherwise, it's like going to just one? burst into dust in five seconds. With it is a little Josh sketchy on when I'm on it. It creaks. How it can hold a 200 plus pound man, I'm amazed. I assume I get like 20 good runs on that thing before it's. The worst thing is, the cheap ass has got six bikes at her house. Much yeah. and he bought a, a treadmill off Craigslist for how much? He's got it worth two hundred bucks. How much money have you it's put on bikes? And he bought a cheap treadmill. It's for like ten percent of what I spent on bikes on a treadmill. <laughs> Anyways, that's <laughs> great. I would do the same shit. So Triathlon Terror was doing a cribs version of different pros' houses, and he yeah. did Benny Hoffman's house. Okay. And it's very underwhelming. 
Yeah. It's like for a pro triathlete who we know his name. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a household name, name to us. But and he didn't live in a shit house or anything. But it's like you know, if you look at a professional basketball player, you go to LeBron's right. crib, oh, yeah, yeah. you're like, look. Yeah. You go to Benny Hoffman's, you're like, my house is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I have nicer things than <laughs> yeah. you. He's got all the free cervellas he wants, yeah. but like, um, and my fiance's hotter than his, but. Yeah, a lot of these athletes Don't you have are to say that? <laughs> living very modestly, not because they want to. It's just they have to. I mean, yeah. if that's the life you choose, you know, you're you're living from either race to race or you're living off your spouse's income. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Oh. oh shoot, Chris McCormick. Yes. Maca, his yes. book talks about that, and it's interesting of how long he raced as a poor couch surfing, you know, cannon bean beans and can eating yeah you know, poor guy and then finally yeah. you know he makes it big by winning some conas but yeah yeah it's i think this is all changing though with pto professional triathlon organization yeah so tell me more about pto i heard a little bit about of it's uh, professional um, triathlon organization but all i really know <laughs> is that it's like the top hundred professional triathletes are going to get paid yes so it's a privately funded um organization and they are pretty much pooling and splitting money. So um, Triathlon Terran has a good podcast that dissects it and talks about it. Do you have a man crush on Triathlon Terran? I'm trying not to, but I'm getting <laughs> really, like dude, just really dude, into his stuff. <laughs> not try to crush on people. You just got to let it go. I had that problem in high school. <laughs> he's a hell of an it's athlete. It's going to happen, man. <laughs> he's got... He's, got he's an awesome come a podcast. long way. I yeah. admire him. He was like a 400 pounder, and now he's a sub 10 Ironman. I also like that he's Canadian. Eh, I can do without that. Part. <laughs> well, well, yeah. We're but, pouring uh, more bourbon. More bourbon. <laughs> so the PTO, yes, it is yeah. more focused on benefiting the triathletes, whereas I mean, shit, look at Ironman and how much money. I mean, it does take a lot to put on their events, but you know, a lot of that money and sponsorship money is going into the organization yeah. versus the athletes that are driving it. Um, yeah. So it's it. There's a lot of cool things coming. The Collins Cup, they also are changing the format of racing to be more spectator friendly. I know the Super League did that. Um, I think those races are really cool to watch, but it hasn't been done on a long course right race yet. So what they're doing, these races are going to be um, the EU versus America versus the rest of the world, and it's going to be three athletes start at the same time. And they'd set them off in waves of however many, I think they're going to have 15 representatives from each or maybe 20. So you'll basically be able to follow each wave and see they're going to be head to head. Also racing the other people, but that's clock based. So it's going to be a lot more fun to watch. Um, there will be long course. It'll be like a long day of watching, but they're mirroring it off of the Masters golf. Um, and how they do that because you know people watch the masters it's the only golfing event that's still trending up in uh, viewership everything else golf wise is dying Down. you know it's the only professional sporting event in four shot in 4k is it really yeah you can't even get the super or anything in 4k but the, for some reason those rich old white dudes love that 4k <laughs> yeah. i guess because they're the only ones who can afford the cameras and the tv but no that's cool that's so they're doing a master's format now yeah, yeah, so that, that's what they're basing it off of, um, and also in a, not on regular cable, but they call it 
OTT over the television. It's like Roku boxes. That uh, stuff yeah. is fire sticks. That's that stuff. We all know it. All of us have either Netflix, mm-hmm. a Roku, a, a Amazon Prime, Disney, all the different streaming services. Yeah. That's yeah. So it'll be broadcast cool. on those versus you know the U verse where we couldn't even get my damn TV on today. <laughs> we're gonna start it on cable, but uh, he has a. A trap uh, treadmill that's about to <laughs> burst into flames in his garage, and his U verse doesn't work. Shout out DirecTV. Maybe we get a, maybe we get maybe we get a competing sponsor in here. This is a very nice house, y'all. Like, thank you. I'm just ragging on it for no yeah, reason. Yeah, the trap. Really, my treadmill just doesn't fit. If you're ever in India and you want to stay at a podcast host house, yeah, hit up Airbnb. That, hit that <laughs> Thanks. St. Clair. Yes. Another shameless plug. Thanks, guys. Yes. So what's the compensation for the professional yeah. triathlon organization? Uh, yeah. Again, ask triathlon, Taryn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be – there's not going to be a huge gap like it is now where the winners are getting, like, quarter million yeah. and second place is getting, like, 10 grand. Yeah. I think it's more like 100,000, uh, maybe 200,000, 100,000, and, like, 50,000. And it's going to be more of a tiered structure. But – the, the whole structure and the point behind it is it's going to be more spread out to benefit everybody. So it's more of a pool, pulling all the funds and the money and the winnings and then paying out. So I didn't realize that they're putting they're putting on their own races. Mm-hmm. When is this starting this year, or is it starting yes. next year? The Collins Cup is in May, I think. So wow. Collins, I guess the people who originally took Ironman and started and created. The first Iron Man events were the Collins. I can't remember the guy and the gal's first names, but so they're they're a part of it, and they named it after them for the first race. That's the Collins cool. Cup. Are they also trying to buy Iron Man? They on my Google feed. There's I keep seeing that it's back up. They're back negotiating again or something. Are they now? I didn't check the date on the article, mm-hmm. but they did try a couple of years ago. Um, then they took a look into Iron Man's financials, and it just didn't make sense. And I think Iron Man wanted more than what they were willing to pay well, for I what mean, their books yeah, look like. I see. Uh, and you know, you, if you pay any attention, you can see Iron Man's really stepping their game up. Yeah, lately. they're, they're, buying, they're buying out so many races. Yeah. The and, downside and of expanding. that, what really pisses me off is how quick they are to cancel swims, change yeah, dates. They're really absolutely. pussifying, for lack of better <laughs> word. <laughs> Uh, I As definitely Joe would say. wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Pussies over here. I understand the safety aspect, but everyone signs the waiver. Everyone knows what they're getting themselves yeah. into. It it does it it is it breaks my heart, and it you know when when people pass away or um, you know suffer injuries during these events, cr- bike crashes, the like. Um, but I think there's other ways of going about reducing those risks mm-hmm. oh, rather yeah. than just canceling events or right. canceling portions of the race. I would agree a hundred percent. There's nothing worse than, and I haven't, well, actually we did nationals. Mm-hmm. We had, they, they canceled the swim that they're in Cleveland and nationals. So I guess I did, I have felt it, but we went out and watched Damien and Ironman Louisville and all those other locos out there. And I'm, I just, the, train. the training you put in, a and I, their heart, I, my heart goes out to them. Yeah, they cancel the swim, and yeah. just your whole. I learned the hard way that. Do you call yourself an Ironman then? After that, that's the other thing I wanted to say. Well, Steffers is doing 
St. Peter's. St. Peter's because the Louisville, he, right? He, yeah. in his own head, a real Iron Man, in my opinion, knows that, that if they do, they don't call that an yeah. Iron Man. You do 140.6 miles or you don't. And I think I speak for a lot of people in, that do Iron Man events in that if something gets canceled or something happens and they don't do the full thing, they almost renegotiate or renege to get it the next one. Mm-hmm. Like Doug talked about it. I, I think Iron Man needs to step up and if they're going to be shortening their races or canceling portions of the race or canceling events altogether, there needs to be some kind of compensation for these athletes that put so much because a big part of calling yourself an Iron Man is not the event itself, it's the process of getting there. Yes. When you strip an athlete of that of the completion of the process itself and say, well, you're not going to be able to culminate that into a a 140.6 entire day, but you're, we're not going to give you anything for that. Yeah. Then that's, that's just unfair. And I know Iron Man can afford to do that. And they probably could actually build their base up more by doing something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, I, I was at a point um, at the end of one season, I think it was 20, 2016 or 2017, where I was fully on board with boycotting okay. Iron Man altogether. Yeah. But it's become such a monopoly that there's really yes. nowhere else to go. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's hard because I mean, <laughs> the quality of an Iron Man race, and you see it in Muncie, we've all done the what is now three disciplines version of triathlon yeah. at Muncie Prairie Creek Reservoir. And then you go do the Ironman. Every mile, there's a group of, on the run, there's a group of happy, cheering right. kids to give you water yeah. and goose, and you're on close course, and you're safe. Safe, and you feel yeah. It. Yeah, it's just hard to compete. With, with Redline, when we were putting on events, it's like a topic we talk about all the time. Do we try to put on a half? How do you compete with Muncie? Like, you can't, because it's impossible to bring that level, because they have the funding behind it. Um, I think PTO is going to shake that up. I think so too, especially with the format. Competition's underrated in the business world, and those two, hopefully, they and the streaming streaming of it is going to be awesome because Iron Man. The only thing that is that you can watch on TV is a tape delay of the Iron Man World Championships. They don't Mm. even do it live. The the only thing they do live is Facebook feed, which. Facebook is, exists for, like, my grandparents. <laughs> so, no one's Which, on Facebook anymore. If you're on Facebook, get off Facebook. <laughs> We're not posting this on Facebook. Oh, wait, we probably will. They, I'm happy they They're do. also stealing your data, so. <laughs> yeah. And everything about you. Everyone change your gender on Facebook to confuse the world. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm happy they did start the live um, streaming. And actually, my good buddy, Jay Druba, who used to be part owner of Redline with me now works for the Facebook streaming division of Ironman. Okay. And I'm glad that's on there. I mean, I've chimed into a lot of races and it's cool when you kind of see somebody. It's the only thing I go on know. Facebook for is for Triloco page and Ironman Man streaming. Iron Man. <laughs> I am exactly, not the Ironman streaming stuff. I haven't paid enough attention to that, but that's, I tell everybody, the only reason I stay on Facebook is the Locos and people out of state or out of country that I meet. That it's cool to follow them. That's the only... Otherwise, I'd get off this dude. That's how I get all my pol- political news. 
Oh, Zach, we can get Josh in on our political conversations. No, different podcast. <laughs> okay, different podcast. We're going to have a follow-up podcast on politics. Yes, me and Danny like to. For some reason, after a local event, me and Danny end up, one of us ends up probably with too many drinks in us, if not both, and then we end up just off in the corner of the room ranting about <laughs> politics. Everybody's like, where are We're Danny and Zach? We're on track for that happening right now as well. So. But yes, I, I, that's the one thing about Iron Man that would, would weird me out. I think it was after Try Indie, I was talking to, I think that was the weekend that the, the young lady in Ohio... Yep, that was the same weekend as as Ohio. Yeah. She crossed over the the center line of the road and got hit, clipped or hit by a <sighs> semi. And we've had didn't oh, um, just, oh what's his name? He's older and faster on the team. That he didn't he come down a hill and hit a truck. Oh, I can't. Mean, anyway, um, I've heard a lot of bad things about Iron Man. Just not a lot of funding there. They charge a lot, but they. But because of that, because of that lady uh, crossing the line and passing away, um, I had heard Reggie and a couple other people on the triathlon team mentioned that, yeah, they charge you a ton, but they don't put people. It's like, why do they charge us so much and then don't put more people on the course? Well, I think They're they like, need to, they need to commit to, to closed courses. Yes. You know, Muncie is a great and fun event, you know. And a big part of that is it's a closed course. Yes. Uh, there's no reason to, especially in Podunk, Ohio, to not close the damn highway. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that for four hours. You can afford it. In the Iron Man's defense, to play devil's advocate, it's also the city having to cooperate right. with them. Yeah, because right. you know the logistics working with Redline, yeah. so you right. would know more. So they'll only give them so much. Yeah, And then they're going to work true. with that, but... And I know Louisville, knows, Iron Man Louisville had to deal with that a lot this year. They almost they got rid their, of it or something. They right? trained the, well, yeah, they had to renew their contract and then they changed the run course about eight times leading up to the <laughs> event and they kept they kept publishing a new run map and uh-huh. everyone's like, This is the shittiest <laughs> run map I've Just ever seen. Go run blind. <laughs> it it was okay, I think. I've 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 done Art Louisville twice with uh first was the um, original, and I call it the tough course, the with the out and back on the bike. And yep. In August, when it was 100 degrees right. on the run, and we actually swam. You come out of the water looking like you just shit yourself. Swamp because... monster. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Had an ear infection for a week after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, the course, the run course looked okay this year. It was not, no one really likes change. So it's kind of hard to. But you're come right. Back to a it. lot of it is the city that's mm. driving. You know, Ironman wants to make their courses as safe and as fun, and as scenic as possible. But they can only do as much as the city gives them. Right. Yeah, you got. That's one thing I, I gotta forget about. There's a lot of other things that I have no idea about with, with that. Yeah, the planning's hard. Hopefully, PTO well, why... comes in and yeah. makes some not cancel as much or what I don't understand is how can you not get more funding how is somebody at Iron Man not done a, a streaming service and then throw ads on that and then there's money right there yeah. and our price of admission goes down or yeah. they can afford more cops they can tell a city well we'll 
Well, look we'll how we'll pay for this. We'll pay for more of this. Like, how have they not done that? Yet? Look how long it took Iron Man to get a freaking tracking app yes. that was actually yeah. functional. Yeah, like tracking an athlete in Iron Man just two or three years ago was like the hardest thing ever. Yeah. And it's like you you can afford this exactly. and you can advertise on it. So it's not like you're eating the cost of the app. You can make money off of it. Yeah, the, just the advertising very, dollars alone on an app would be to yeah. me would at least they should do that with a streaming service. At I least think it would pay. For, at least the average, At least get the advertising to where you could pay. It could pay for itself. And you know, people you would, would think would would buy that streaming service, especially for the pro mm-hmm. events. Yeah. Yeah. It, even if you did a. It's free with advertisements. I don't know why more companies don't do this in general. Free with advertisements, and then you can pay extra to not get, and they keep the feed, the live feed going instead of interrupting with commercials, or make it a dollar to charge each, to charge to follow each person on the stream, so that way you can have the stream of the event that everybody sees, and then you have a little feed of where's, I don't know what's the guy's name you said. Where's this guy at? Where's this guy? I want to follow these people so. I want to, I'll pay, I'll pay 30 extra cents, 50 extra cents mm-hmm. to follow their feed. And maybe they have a motorcycle that's following the, the professionals and then the regular people you can watch on a normal feed. Or, what you it, guys like, didn't realize is this podcast is Zach Root's interview for, with Iron Man. <laughs> this is not my podcast. <laughs> this is Zach Root's interview. I don't know if I get to His do an pitch. Iron Man so I can, I can talk all this trash about him, I guess. Iron Man, if you want to sponsor us, is I'll stop talking bad about it. I'm literally just going off on tangents, you guys, because I don't want to talk about myself. So, <laughs> well, so let's talk about you a little bit more. No! Yeah, let's get back on. <laughs> so, I want to know. Outside of, oh, the one thing I wanted to ask was, you won this award, age group and overall female. Athlete USAT, of the year, yeah. Athlete of the year. You mentioned other girls. The one thing I wanted to ask was, do you have a rival? Does one of them push you? Oh do you gosh. push? Do you think you push one? Does, I'm does... going to talk about this because I know she's not listening. But hopefully she does. And, and we and get this. And we do a 30 it's for fine. 30 on YouTube. <laughs> ESPN. <laughs> so um, I actually didn't win either national championship. I was uh, second overall in each race. Um, and both ladies that, that won overall in in the Olympic distance and the sprint distance were are incredible athletes and were more than deserving of the award. Um, there's also an athlete who won her age group in both races as well. Um, I'm in the 30, I was in the 30 to 34 age group uh, last year and uh, this athlete, her name's Sarah Bishop. Um, she's 35, 39 age group. She, you know, congratulations to her. She won her age group in both uh, distances as well. Uh, she decided to take her pro card after uh, less than a year of uh, full racing as an amateur triathlete. So she's now a professional triathlete, which actually disqualified her, I believe, um, for the award itself of athlete really, of the I mean, year. Those are like amateur awards, not no disrespect saying amateur award, but yeah, those right. are amateur awards. So, um, in terms of rivals, I raced her at Muncie, raced her at nationals in both Olympic and sprint, um, and 
you know, I was very proud to to beat her each time. And it gave very me proud. a lot of That's internal satisfaction. Right there. I would have been ripping her and moving. <laughs> I would have been just... I just, I, I, um, I'm the type of athlete that I don't go out there and mm-hmm. do a lot of self-promotion. I don't believe in that. I don't, it doesn't, um, hit a chord with me, you know, when people do that. I understand to a certain level, like if you're making a living off of that, then you have to do those things. So I can understand it from that perspective. Um, but she's the kind of person that you know, she's constantly on social media, constantly posting her Garmin data and her workouts and, you know, doing selfies after her workouts. And it just, it's, it hit me the wrong way. And so I really just wanted to show her that you don't need to do those things at all to be a good athlete. And um, is it safe to say maybe you're just more opposites don't attract in that case? Cause you just said you hate Facebook and social media. <laughs> Do you think maybe that's a little bit of it too? Just, she's just, she likes those things more. I mean, yeah, I, like, that's, that's fine. nothing against it's you fine. or her I'm at still, all. I'm still going to kick her ass. Yes. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Before Rose is kicking you down to it. You sure you don't need a little more? And, and the thing too is, um, you can do all those things, fine, but just be gracious about it. Um, everything, even after all of her races, you know, there's a lot of people and a lot of things that going into you as an individual being successful at these events. I will never take all of the credit for doing well at a race. It's just, it's not possible um, to go through the process of training, going to the races, and doing everything on your own. It's not possible to do well that way. Um, and she makes it seem like it's all her. And there's so many other things that I know goes into her equation for success, but she'll never admit it. So her, um, so she's pro now. She's pro. So is that like, which good on her? Rival goes away now. Because I want like a well, yeah, Ollie I'm, Frazier part three, four, five, and six. You know what I'm saying? You know, and yeah. honestly, she's probably, because she's so new to triathlon, she'll probably, you know, her her, don't, her performance don't will only continue to get better. Whereas mine is plateaued and will probably start to decline here soon. No, don't <laughs> say that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm the kind of person that after my races, I'm going to thank every single entity that helped me get to that point. You know, including the other people that I raced against, you know, whether they shared the podium with me or I had a good experience with them during the race or whatever. And and her stuff is all about her. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, she's not lying either. She crosses <laughs> the finish line and hugs so, all of us locals and she sees us and says, thank you. And we're like, what do you mean? You just ran a half Ironman and won it and you're thanking me for doing Nothing but showing up to other local races that we show up at. You really are. You are. Even if it's those, I'll never forget, Muncie. You finished first. Beat your rival. Um, By like eight and a half. There's a group of girls. (laughs) Just a group of girls there. You know, little kids. I don't know ages very well. but And, of course, you're not... You're, you just ran a half Ironman. And you're not like, where's water... I'm tired. I want to lay here. No, you embrace the little girl. You give them almost every little girl there a hug. You said hi to some of us over the barrier of locos. And it's, well, it's amazing a, that a, you're... 
you really aren't lying when you say when you finish you start thanking everybody yeah i don't think you should do that because the majority of the until you said that i forgot about that but that's yeah. those kids are the future of our sport i mean i think it's important to, they loved it to be a good role model and you know if you can't directly help out at a or volunteer at a at a kid's triathlon um at least you know be there with a smile on your face and show them that this is a healthy sport and if we can do it someday you can too you know you see all walks of life finishing triathlons whereas if you watch you know um professional basketball or or golf or you know you see everyone kind of looks the same but at a at a triathlon you see literally every different type of person Um, it's a great sport anyone can do it if you if you have the mindset you can do it if you have an old you know dinker bike a pair of running shoes and a swimsuit you can do triathlon now i love the sport so i can't say too much about it uh, but I do have people, some CrossFitters are going to do a couple events this summer, which I'm going to do with them. Join Triloco! I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> and then I, you know, I do sauna after my workouts, and a guy was telling me his daughter was get, wanted to get into it. And I said, I don't care if you buy here a $500 Walmart bike. My first bike was my dad's 65 Swin. And I learned so much in that first race just doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did the training, and I knew I could finish the event, but just doing it, how much you learn, all of us could probably chime in with with something, but you learn something new every single race, whether mm-hmm. you've done a million races or not. Yeah. You learn so much every race. Oh, yeah. I should have, I should have, I should get different laces, because I got hung up on my laces, <laughs> like, all the different things. If you're Zach Root, you're just constantly thinking about all the things that went wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not just me, Josh, and his heart rate monitor over there. So, Danny, what's on your docket for the 2020 season? Oh, 2020. Um, I Feel am, free to shamelessly so plug any of our race sponsors. This is kind of a – this pulls on my heartstrings a little bit. This is the first year in four years that I will not be doing Wisconsin 70.3. Really? Uh, I'm not bummed about that because it means you'll come race with us. Boy. Yeah. That is near and but dear to before, your heart, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's your – yeah, but I, fin- old- I finally won it last year, so that's why I'm like, okay, I got that. You can take a year off. <laughs> you yeah. get, you've earned that year off. <laughs> Those that don't know, you're you're from the Madison I'm, area, right? I spent six years of my life in Madison, going to school, uh, undergrad and pharmacy school there. So I I know every crack in the sidewalk. Um, but uh, before triathlon season starts, I'm doing the Boston Marathon uh, mm. in April, so that'll be my first Boston. You have a goal for that. I have you a just, few goals. I have a my A goal would be to PR, but Boston's not really a PR course. It is no. Boston is net downhill, which bodes well. However, the first half or the first like sixteen miles really, really, I mean the the impact from the downhill kills your quads. So to have that remaining ten miles in you after going through that uh, on your legs is extremely difficult for people to PR. Those who don't know, Boston's also been, times have been canceled because the wind's been at your back and then, so the... It's a point-to-point race, correct. Um, You know, there... you never know what you're going to get at Boston. It's a midday race, so it can be, it can be like 80 degrees and like 
the sun can be beating down on in you. That or case it you're can dying. Be, yeah. Or it can be raining and cold and a and a twenty mile an hour headwind the yeah. entire way. So you never know what you're gonna get. I call um, it the Kona of of running. Well, it is. I mean, it's... everyone tries to Boston qualify, right? Yeah. So Where did you qualify? I did the Milwaukee Marathon last April. I've qualified several times for Boston, just never uh, uh, registered. You haven't. I thought you've done this. So this will be your first? First Boston, correct. I didn't know that. I thought yeah. you did. Hmm. I mean, I've qualified. I've just never done it. Uh, so I qualified in, Mil- in Milwaukee last April, doing Boston this year. And then after that, it's it's all triathlon. Uh, I'm still I'm still keeping the mindset of triathlon throughout the off season. You know, Boston's the first thing on my race schedule, but I'm not just solely running right now. Mm-hmm. Probably running 50 to 60 miles a week and still riding, swimming and riding uh, you know, probably 6 to 7 hours a week combined with swimming and biking as well. So, uh keeping the bike and the swim on the back burner. So once Boston's over, I'll be doing Des Moines 70.3 this year. Des Moines a new, brand new race. Uh, they're actually bringing back the North American 70.3 championships to Des Moines. Nice. Des Moines is going to be That's hosting cool. uh, the 21st of June. Before that, I'll probably do Tri Louisville as a tune-up, which I've missed out on the last three years because of Wisconsin <laughs> 70, 70.3. So Tri Louisville. Uh, then Des Moines, uh, Muncie. I'll do Muncie till I die. Yes. Muncie's the best race of all time. Oh. Just just for the triloco. Yes, uh, that'll be my first. Party. If I ever do an Ironman yeah. or half, that'll be my first. <laughs> that'll be my first. <laughs> and then I might uh, dabble at Ohio this year. I'm not sure. You know, it's it's just proximity wise, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a race I haven't done. A race that's in. Uh, the grasp of you know winning overall so uh, I'll probably do Ohio uh, then Nationals again uh, and then a little Diamond Lake action Diamond Lake for sure Diamond, Diamond Lake, Diamond Lake. tri-local event uh, Joe Fazzini puts on a great event there uh, the can host championship. shout yeah. out Joe yep it's a club championships for just for Diamond Lake yeah it's just for Diamond Lake yeah. is that sprint Which only everything sprint you guys only, right? <laughs> is there any thoughts club of club championships a, of the world are there any thoughts of because I know it's getting bigger and bigger every year is there any thoughts of doing an Olympic with it or the, I know logistics is just Joe, gotta be for Joe another yeah he wants to put on a longer race up there but it's it's kind of hard it's gonna be a whole other yeah they can they max nightmare. out at 200 in the current venue I say you just keep it as is yeah I think it's like, a I like it it's a classic event. Yeah. cute little race that's what I call it yeah, come to come to Diamond Lake. You won't be disappointed. Uh, and then um, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of doing a full again this year. I haven't decided yet. I haven't told a lot of people. So you guys listening, you're the first people to hear this. But I might do Ironman Wisconsin in September. Nice to try to get back to Kona. We break. Uh, my we break heart news. Just, we break news on the podcast. Yeah, everybody, cutting in. We break news flash. <laughs> uh, this just in. This just in. Uh, so Ironman Wisconsin possibly in September, and then uh, the World Championships for seventy point three is not until uh, late November. That's in New Zealand, so it's going to be a long season. I'm so jealous. The primary of that. goal of this season will be doing as well as I can, yes, but also remaining healthy. I've never had the experience of 
going past anything in September. So that'll be a new challenge to keep not only the physical motivation, but the mental, emotional capacity for training that long. We can talk about this later, but I'll just all I'll say about recovery is sauna. Uh, that there's a Tim Tan. Have you ever seen that massage? That <laughs> gun that has a a ball or a T on the end, and you just you know you put in your yeah. leg in it. Yeah, I'll recommend that for later season stuff and for soreness. Piper Volt. I mean, so many companies uh, make those now. Yeah, for that's right. Bucks on him, yeah. yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I'm gonna time out real quick because this only records for an hour. I have to reset it. And we're back. So I, of course, the reason why I shouldn't knock Josh for his cheap-ass treadmill is instead of buying one of those massage guns, Tim Tam, all the different hype, hype whatever they're all called, I bought the, I have a Black & Decker Sawzall, and I just put the, the, you can buy the actual different fittings for like 50 bucks on Amazon. So I bought them, so I'm in the living room. My roommate probably hates me. I'm in the living room. With, on if you my ever leg, have cat. minor home fix-me-up, uh, things that you need done around your has, house, contact Zach, Zach Root. Or when Zach's going to show up to the loft with a hole in his leg. Yeah. I forgot to switch the tops on. He will <laughs> Jimmy rake your leg. Black & Decker for nothing into a massage gun. <laughs> All right, too much bourbon is being consumed, y'all. We need to <laughs> That would be Danny saying that. <laughs> Um, how did you get so competitive, Danny? Where does this come from? Oh my gosh. I waited till you were two cups deep in your bourbon to ask you. The so whole I've house. always been, since I can ever remember, been, you know, the girl on any team that yells at her teammates for not being on my level. <laughs> like, Damn. I'm so glad you got the aggressive, There's the aggressive Danny that we needed from the beginning. Here it is, okay? Keep going, don't stop. <laughs> So we know what you're really thinking when you're smiling. Yeah, which is why I now compete in individual sports. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I grew up playing every team sport on the planet. Uh, soccer, basketball, lacrosse. Uh, my dad uh, coached me, you know, all throughout my youth years as a basketball player. Shout uh, out to it, dad. And instilled a very strong sense of always being your best and expecting that not only of yourself, but others around you and helping others around you be their best. Uh, so as a, as a young kid, I, you know, I, I cried after every basketball game I lost, you know, and, and, um, you were one of those. Huh? I, it was, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, I expected a lot out of myself and I think it, I think it just came from my upbringing. You know, my, my um, parents were both uh, competitive athletes um, through, you know, their childhood, and uh, neither of them competed in college, collegiate athletics, but throughout high school, you know, my mom was a record holder in track and field, um, 400, 800. Uh, my dad played anything under the sun, football, uh, cross country, basketball, um, my uncle was a collegiate quarterback at uh, Wake Forest. So competition runs through my family on both sides, mom and dad. Mm. Um, and um, growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in, there were a bunch of kids around the same age. And all we did, if we weren't at school, we were running around the neighborhood playing flag football or getting in trouble down by the creek. 
you know, always running around. And so I wanted to be the best at everything I did. So that was ingrained in me. And, and team sports was, was my outlet as a child. But I think growing up into my adult years, I realized that, you know, there's just not as many opportunities anymore to play team sports. And triathlon was a great outlet for me um, coming from a running background, but also being a strong, just a strong body uh, bodes well for triathlon mm-hmm. from a swimming and biking standpoint. So at Wisconsin, you did cross country? So my athletic career is pretty interesting. <laughs> I actually wa- I was a non-scholarship recruit in soccer at Wisconsin. So my um, going into undergrad, I, I, well, I didn't play. I rode the bench for two years on the soccer team. Uh, I redshirted a year and then had uh, uh, consumed one year of eligibility on the, on the soccer team. That was in 2007 through 2009. And then I um, was accepted into the school pharmacy program at Wisconsin and had to make a hard decision because Division One athletics is very time-consuming. You have to travel. You're giving up a lot of hours of your day to train and if you're not someone that's really contributing from a performance standpoint uh, it's it's hard to want to keep going with that if you have a career that you're looking towards Mm -hmm. and so when I got into pharmacy school I I made the decision to to give up soccer Um, however once you start your your clock of NCAA eligibility, it doesn't stop. So even though I wasn't competing in sports for a couple of years, my first two years of pharmacy school, that was my second and third year of NCAA eligibility that was consumed. And then during those years, I started running a lot. Um, I got hooked up with a group of adults that did some speed run, speed workouts and longer distance runs uh, one of the women in the group ended up being my very first running coach. Um, she trained me uh, running half marathons and got me from a 135, I think was my first half marathon that I ran, all the way down to, you know, uh, mid-120s. And a, a lot of these people in this group were like, you need to walk on to the Cross country. Team. This is mid. You have the mid talent. pharmacy school yeah, too. Yeah, I was right? in my wow. second wow. year of pharmacy school, which is the most difficult year. They're like, you need to, you need to talk to the coach. You know, just, just try it. You have the talent. And the whole time, I was like, no. Like, you see these girls running around campus. They're stick thin. They're running, you know, Don't sub seven you. minute pace on their easy runs. It's just nuts. And here I am, like a bulky soccer you know, ex-collegiate soccer player, just trying to stay in shape. Um, so eventually I, I heard it enough times that I just, I was like, fine, I'll try it. <laughs> so I get in touch with the cross country coach and the, the timing was perfect. They were just starting their season. They had a, this was um, my final year of NCAA eligibility. I just had one year left. I was in, I was in my third year of pharmacy school or going into it. They had a they had a little home opener cross country meet out at the Wisconsin cross country course. Uh, and the coach said, you know, bring your shoes, 
strap up your laces and we'll see what you got, you know? So I showed up to this meet <laughs> and it's all the, it's, it's like three teams. It's like Wisconsin, Marquette, and some other state school. And all the girls are wearing spikes and spandex and they're, they're either their team jersey or they're wearing a blank jersey because they have to run unattached if they want a red shirt. And, and I show up in soccer shorts and tennis <laughs> shoes to run on grass. <laughs> yes. <Whoa. laughs> and I ended, up, I ended up placing like, you know, in the middle of the pack for, in terms of the Wisconsin girls, I placed in the middle of the pack. There were maybe 20 to 30 girls. And I walk up to the coach after the, the meet. It was a 5K run, I think. And... And, and, you know, I, I wanted to ask, like, so did I make the team? And before I could even ask the question, he's like, okay, so practices, practice on Mondays at 345. And I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) I made the team. So I had, it was just, I had one year left. It was the greatest year because, you know, Jim Stinsey, the, the cross country and track coach, he's a great man. He knew I had, I just had one year left. So he didn't, he wasn't on me all the time. You know, he wasn't stringent with me. He just wanted to get the most out of me as he possibly could. And Sounds he like knew, a smart coach. He knew the way to do that was to just give me the freedom of, you know, benefiting from the girls on the team and, and tagging along on the workouts, you know? What, what was your and best he, event, highest finish so with all, the team? All throughout that season, I gradually moved up in place and, uh, and eventually earned my spot on the national team. We, we qualified as a team for the NCAA cross-country national championships, which was held in uh, Terre Haute, yep. Indiana, yep. Uh, the uh, mecca of cross-country. People and I, get hit by deer. I ended up placing fifth for Wisconsin. That was, and I scored points, wow. top five score points. So I was an uh, instrumental part of bringing out the caboose for Wisconsin. <laughs> like I said, ESPN, <laughs> if you want to do a 30 seven, for 30. Out of seven. Out of seven. Out of seven. So seven. Fifth out of seven for Wisconsin. Me too. <laughs> and one of the girls like pulled her Achilles tendon. <laughs> don't race, say that. Don't so. tell, you don't have to say that on this podcast. You just leave it at that. Just, there were seven. Just leave it at that. And, but then after that, I, I ran uh, track. And that was really my wheelhouse because I was a 3K steeplechaser. And as a steeplechaser, it's... If you guys don't know what steeplechase is, it's basically hurdle, hurdles on crack. Uh, the hurdles don't move. They're they're horse. They're, bar- they're horse they're size. Hurt like horses barriers. jump over them, right? They're yeah, solid yeah. barriers. If you nick one of those things, you're like flat on your face, on uh, either on the track or in the water pit. It's a cool. After event. one of them, there's a huge giant water pit, and the longer legs you have, the better because you can actually get you can either go entirely over the water or only get one foot in instead of both feet in and you have to time it time some it. people time it right some people land like both feet it's very aggressive in two too. foot of water or a foot of water it's very aggressive you know just getting your position uh amongst the 30 some girls that are running the race at the same time as you knocking elbows knocking knees to get an optimal position going into these barriers and into the water pit and coming out of the water pit 
And then 3K, it was like the perfect distance for me because I wasn't a 5Ker, but I wasn't a miler either. It was right in between. So best, best year of my life in terms of college years, for sure. A lot of those girls are still very close friends to this day. And um, it, it really cultivated me as a competitive athlete into what I am today now as a triathlete. Um, so when yeah. did triathlon stick? Do you triathlon? have a moment that you were like, light bulb, this is, this is it. This is my fun thing. I'm doing this forever because yeah. you love it enough to go pro and then arguably triathlon. Well, that's a good segue. Annoyed from... you a little bit at, at some point. And yeah. then you were like, well, it's not fun anymore, but I still like triathlon. You still like bike swim run enough to stick with it even after you got turned off a little bit by it. Yeah, yeah. So when was your moment that you were like? Well, I think it's always been there from the beginning that it was going to stick for me. I think I just had to learn again. I had to relearn at some point where the fun was coming from. Uh, So triathlon, to kind of segue from my my time running competitively at Wisconsin... My coach, Jim Stinsey, was a feeder coach for the USAT Elite Development Program. Okay. He, Gwen Jorgensen came from Jim Stinsey. Oh, wow. She went to wow. University of Wisconsin. She got into the program because of uh, She's now Jim. a powerhouse she, pro she's not a trath not a professional triathlete anymore, but she's a, a former gold medalist in the Olympics for the United States. Um, she went to University of Wisconsin. She both swam and ran okay. at UW. Um, but uh, Jim Stinsey has an eye for his athletes that have potential in triathlon, and he has relationships with USAT Elite Development to recommend certain athletes into their program. Um, so that's how I got into triathlon is him saying to the USAT Elite people, hey, this girl has a shot, you know, get her into this program and I didn't ever make it as an elite um uh you know Olympic distance racer it's very swim dominant and I didn't have a swim background so it wasn't for me but um it it's what propelled me into the sport and then eventually getting into long course obviously was a natural choice because it's more bike and run dominant and then again you know in terms from uh, in terms of a sticking standpoint it's all triathlon has always been something that I've gravitated towards because I I do excel at it. Um, but what really right. what really makes it stick is not that I'm good. It's that the people around me, as you know, a triloco teammate, and the experience that I have with you guys, and figuring out that that's where the fun comes from, not from just doing well, but also experiencing that those good performances with others because you can you can go to a race and win but like is that fun By if you're not sharing yeah, that with I see what you're saying. no it's not and no th- thank you of- thank you for well be on behalf of all the other locos thank you for saying that because that's cool that <laughs> well it's and it's you cherish us pretty, i pretty i appreciate you guys giving me my role on the team you know i think a lot the majority of people don't see Triloco as uh the team that that girl won the race 
um, they must be really cool, but some people do. So I appreciate that very <laughs> narrow role that I have, and I will own it. Hundred percent. Love it. I get. I hear all the time. I'm not fast enough to be a loco. Are you kidding me? You might not be fast enough to hang with Danny, but <laughs> <laughs> everyone's welcome. To look. Don't look. Look at everybody but Danny. How about that? No, no you're you're uh, integral. That's part. what I love you're about Triloco. It's very inclusive, whether you're very fast or you're just starting out. And this is another compliment to you. We had a moment. I was talking to you about. Everybody, including Josh, if you haven't heard our mine and his podcast, everybody wants to push me for some reason to do longer distances, which I think I'll get there someday, but Danny's done that too. And I decided to try to pick her brain a little bit, and she wasn't this elite. You know, I'm not sharing you my, my training techniques and this, that, or anything, and that's a compliment to you, Danny, because you literally were like, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said I started out like you and was shorter distance and I loved it and then I just slowly got into it and then you kind of gave me ways of moving into a longer distance and things like that. So that's one thing that we, uh, I think all of us locals love about you is even though you beat or you win all this stuff and you have all these accolades, if, you need to, if I need to pick your brain like I've picked Josh's brain about a million different things or all the other locos I am constantly talking about triathlon with, you're not one of those people that I'm afraid to approach, and I don't think anybody else should either no. because you're just Thank like you. the best was when Damien, uh, I think everybody left the brewery, and me and you and Damien were left or something, and he was worried about his um, Aqua Bike National Championship that you mm. guys, that Josh and a couple Miami. other guys went down and did, and he was a little nervous about it because he, he kind of knew he could qualify. In my brain, or in my eyes, he knew he could qualify, but he wasn't quite there yet. And he had asked Danny a question about how do you handle the pressure of wanting to qualify and this, that. And she answered like a pro, like like you were one of us, like you were a regular person. And that's one of the things I do like, oh, like that you. you're, you're just like us other locos. And the fact that if I need to pick your brain about a technique or anything, it's I don't want to get into politics because Josh will get mad at me. <laughs> Even if it's politics, Who do I vote she will for? give you her. She will give you her ten cents. Different podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. So you went from there. You got Boston coming up. Des Moines, Des Moines, Muncie, Diamond Lake, Nationals, Try Indy, Ohio, Try Indy, Try Louisville, Try Louisville, Try Try Indy. Try trying to go girl. So basically, you guys, I'm just repeating last year where I raced every weekend. <laughs> but no, not sorry no about it. Madison. I'm kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> still surprised at that. But well, it's the weekend right before Des Moines, and I wanted to do oh, Des Moines because it's the North American 70.3 Championships, and again, like I got the monkey off my back with Wisconsin. And while it would be nice to defend my title. It's just not calling me. It's just not calling me back at this time. And uh, Madison's not out of the picture, like I said. Uh, possibly doing the full Iron Man in September. So I'll get my Madison fixed one way or the other. Cool. Beautiful. <laughs> well, I think this is a good point to wrap it up. I actually have my mom on her way over. So Cindy! Yeah. And my <laughs> sister from Germany and my niece. Oh, awesome. that's cool. I taught her how to say scheiße. Your niece is so cute. 
And that does it for another episode of Off the Front. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, for you locos out there, stay loco, stay safe, keep your training up. For you non-locos, if you see us at a race, please come over, say hi. We usually have plenty of libations afterwards, so grab a beer or a drink or, or water uh, and come hang out with us. The more the merrier. We love everyone. Have a wonderful day.